You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 137th programme of Think Again. Think Again is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that has been dedicated to social change for 25 years. Mm. I'm Jacques Poulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we're going to talk about the international system of trade rules and agreements. China has been accused of breaking those rules and undermining the system for its own advantage, especially in the US. But we ask the question, is this true? What is really going on? Mm -hmm. So on the local scene, China's really hit the headlines lately, as we know, with PM Morrison's, uh, his attempts to wedge Labor in the run-up to the federal election by saying Labor is soft on China, the old scare campaign tactic, with an assurance that the Liberals will be tough on security, unlike Labor. So it's pretty transparent, isn't it? And it's really been called out across the media and Hopefully, I'd say it's bouncing back on the PM for trying this tactic again. Mm, it seems to be doing it. Peter Lewis of The Guardian titled his latest report on the essential poll about political preferences as follows, and I quote, Scott Morrison's China gambit is a Hail Mary from a flailing leader trying to galvanise fear, unquote. Mm. And it's a really interesting title. And whilst that may sound okay for the Labour Party, because the essential poll indicates, and again I quote, that more voters trust Labour than coalition to manage Australia-China relationships. Yeah. We'd say that for many of us, the China thing remains interestingly confusing and confusingly interesting. Which and is would confusing think, in itself, Shark. That's right. <laughs> uh, and we would, we would think it is replete with uncertainty. So we would like to share with listeners how we are trying to keep up to speed with what's going on behind the news about China's lasers aimed at our planes. Yeah. As we did last week, Shark, with the other military mm. stuff going on between Ukraine, the uh, NATO and Russia. Yeah, just a few historical steps back to better understand what's going on now. The end of the 80s and early 90s saw the disintegration of the USSR, the end of the Cold War, global capitalism setting up the infrastructure of the neoliberal impositions. China had become capitalist and reduced the level of poverty in its own country by 60%. Hong mm. Kong, in 1997, rejoined mainland China and global terrorism became the new rationale and justification for all manner of invasions and repressions and policies and security measures. Globalization and free trade 
were the operative catch cries of the day. And following the example of the European Union, a number of initiatives in the free trade policy direction started to emerge, or at least were talked about. Mm. And it was around the late 80s and early 90s, it also became clear that some of the things set up by the United Nations were apparently outdated. And I mean the infrastructure for regulating and stimulating global economic growth established through the United Nations, which was no longer seen as fit for purpose. Mm. And Examples. that was the late 80s, early mm. 90s. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Examples of that are the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund, or the IMF. The World mm. Bank and the IMF had been designed for a Keynes-Keynes-inspired model of economic development. Yeah, mm. of course, with Keynesian economics meaning increased government expenditure to stimulate demand and to stimulate the economy along with lower taxes. So that was the Keynesian yeah. approach. That's right, very much the state being involved in the economy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for better or worse, and we would actually say mostly for worse, the approach of uh, moving into the trading kind of regulations, uh, that, that approach of the past was actually no longer considered fit for purpose, as you said, with the changing orientation of global trade and investment. On the side of the developing countries, promised development had lost its luster. Poverty did not significantly reduce in many, many nations. The loan scandals mm. and the subsequent imposed restructuring of the budgets of these countries caused even more harm. Yeah, so, so Jacques, you're saying the impositions on developing nations by the World mm -hmm. Bank and the IMF, they're found to be to actually disadvantage them. They absolutely, absolutely were. And uh, you know, there's, there's figures to prove that, that by the 70s, when all of those uh, restructuring uh, impositions were put onto those countries because of the fact that they couldn't repay the loans which previously had been given to them. So, mm. uh, yeah, it was a mess. And on the mm -hmm. side of the developed country uh, economies, on the other hand, we had the neoliberal push to get government out of the way of unfettered profit-making by companies. Mm -hmm. And along with this, of course, we had the neoliberal push to undermine government redistributive policies, um, mm -hmm. by which I mean policies to redistribute wealth. Yeah. That's right, yeah. That neoliberal push included the attempted multilateral agreement on investments in the mid-90s to the end, well, to 98 actually, or abbreviated MAI in the late 1900s, as I said, which was proposed by the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, or OECD. This proposed a new, this was it was proposed to have a new body of global investment laws that would give corporations unconditional rights to engage in financial operations without having to stick to the national laws or respect citizens' rights. Mm. Thankfully, the multilateral agreement on investment bit the dust in 1998 because of concerted resistance by NGOs and by left-leaning political parties. Yeah, and Jacques, mm. I'd like to highlight for all those activists out there who get really despondent, this mm. is really a shining example of a successful campaign 
by progressive forces and mm. we feel the effect, the good effects of that to this day. Yeah, That's right. And as Borderlands came about during that time, we were very much involved in yeah, that and struggle. Though, Shaka, you wouldn't say Borderlands should have all the credit, I'm sure. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the World Trade Organization, WTO, was created in 1995 to regulate and harmonise world trade between nations through agreements negotiated by most of the world's, world's trading nations. The WTO was the biggest reform of international trade since the end of the Second World War. The previous General Agreement on Tariffs and Trade, or GATT as it was abbreviated, mainly dealt with trade in goods, but the WTO and its agreements also covered trade in services and intellectual property. Yeah, and which has become really important, Jacques, Absolutely. especially with the uh, mm. uh, coronavirus. And yeah, the... totally. Oh, yeah, and the intellectual property or, uh, over the, 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 the formulas which created the yeah. vaccines, exactly. Which we have talked about. Mm. A lot of times, yeah. The GATT procedures, like the World Bank and IMF operations, have not adapted well to the changes in the developing nations nor to the changes in the developed ones especially with the emergence of the call, the growing call for free trade, part of the neoliberal regime. So mm -hmm. the birth of the WTO in 1995 created new procedures for the settlement of disputes. Yeah, and alarmingly, a role for the WTO, Jacques, was also limiting the political and judiciary power of member states to modify or resist the neoliberal interpretations of the agreements and I, and I find it really I find it really interesting how free trade was had somehow been collapsed with democracy and the free world and all those That's terms right. are used interchangeably mm. absolutely absolutely then China joined the WTO in 2001 which gave China permanent access to US markets continuing from its initial access in the 1980s, which was quite limited in terms of regulations. Mm. But there has been a great backlash lash to this in the US, especially du during Donald Trump's presidency. The critique was then called the China shock, referring to mm -hmm. China's access to the US markets, which presumably is not matched by equal access by the US to Chinese markets. Uh, yeah. to flog off US goods. Mm -hmm. With China's access to, uh, the China's access to US markets, of course, has been blamed for the mm -hmm. loss of US jobs, which is what China shock refers to, mm -hmm. uh, particularly loss of jobs in manufacturing and, and a general downturn in the US economy. And so China has been really scapegoated for those domestic economic yeah. problems. Exactly. And we all too well remember the stepwise deterioration of the general relationships between China and the US during Trump particularly, but not just only during Trump. And amongst all this blame on China for economic for, for US economic woes, <laughs> in which the Australian political leadership thought it had a role to play by echoing this line. As we do. Mm. So on that note, we'll go to a music break with FOMO by Great Aunt. <laughs> Thank you. 
you hear from Musique Sans Frontières. Subscribe to 3CR for music programs dominated by Australian artists, supporting Australian music making and lifting your day with glorious sound. 3CR is a membership-based organisation. We depend on our members' support. That's why we make it so easy to subscribe. Call 9419 or go online to 3cr.org.au. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about the assumed and often repeated claims by the leadership of the US, the UK and Australia that China is the nation to blame for breaking international trade arguments, uh, agreements, not arguments, agreements, (laughs) and for causing damage to the economies of the West and the rest of the world. And we are figuring out what the truth is behind these assumptions. And to help us, interestingly, research by the United States Study Centre finds that China's access to US markets has been a net positive for the US, although it was rather uneven with some population groups and local regions being disadvantaged, but overall a net positive for the US economy. A recent report on this research by Stephen Kirchner is titled, quote, From China Shock to Deglobalization Shock. China's WTO accession 
and US economic engagement 20 years on, unquote. So Kirchner talks about the bipartisan view in the US that economic engagement with China has come at too great a cost to its domestic economy and its geopolitical position and that it is a WTO and that it's largely blamed for this. But as Kirchner puts it, quote, the WTO is increasingly viewed by US policymakers as ineffective both in promoting trade liberalisation but also in disciplining China's trade and industrial policies. So that's pretty much outlining how China is blamed for Mm. the US um, Mm, domestic situation. And as we know, the accusation that China has wielded an unfair advantage in trade with the US was part of Donald Trump's populist political platform. From Mm -hmm. there, his trade war and sanctions against China, which in turn led China to rethink and wind back its own economic and growing interdependence with the US. And as our PM, Morrison, thought that he needed to follow in Trump's wake, the reciprocal economic sanctions did for that that continue between Australia and China till this day. Mm, That's right. But were the stories of China having unfair advantage in trade with the US even true? Stephen Kirchner says no. (laughs) Rather, he says economic downturn in the US can be attributed to a deglobalization trend over a longer period of time, not to economic globalization and China's inclusion in the WTO. He calls this a deglobalization shock. According to Kirchner, quote, the multilateral trading system has been undermined by creeping protectionism since the financial crisis of 2008 coinciding with a global productivity slowdown. Instead of being a champion of globalisation, the United States has increasingly disengaged from the world economy over the last 20 years, unquote. And he argues this withdrawal from the world economy has been to the US's detriment. Mm. Lately, we have witnessed more of the the United States' withdrawal from the multilateral trading system that it once championed with all of its agreed-on trade rules and checks and balances. Increasingly, the US is making bilateral one-to-one deals with individual countries. In an Age article, which was titled Biden Signs Up New Trade Allies, in a bid to hedge China. Stephen Bartholomew's, in the age, as I said, is not mincing words. He describes a series of new deals by the United States as friend-shoring alliances, including the following, and he's got four as examples. First, a US agreement with the EU, with the uh, European Union, allowing some imports of steel free of duty and an agreement to restricted access to the new allies' markets to dirty or dumped steel, which is targeted at steel from China. Mm -hmm. A second instance, a similar U.S. deal with Japan, with the U.S. suspending its tariff on Japanese steel imports up to 1.25 million tons a year, plus 
also engaging with Japan in cooperation to tackle overcapacity on the global market, which they say is caused by subsidies in non-market economies. And again, this is aimed at China. A third one, there is a US discussion ongoing with the UK to lift tariffs tariffs on its steel imports, which of course now would be absolutely essential for the UK given Brexit. Mm-hmm. And number four, US President Biden has also talked about removing tariffs on solar panels from Canada and from Mexico, while doubling the volume that could be imported duty-free, which of course is to disadvantage China, which dominates production of solar pan- panels. So mm-hmm. undermining the global multilateral trade system, the US has been setting up one-to-one deals with the, UA, the EU, Japan, UK, Canada and Mexico, just to name a few. Yeah, and even while right-wing commentators like Peter Harcher in The Age, um, last Tuesday he implicitly endorsed the idea that it is China that threatens a stable and open international system, not not the U- US, of course. Yeah. yeah, President Biden will probably maintain about $360 billion of tariffs on imports from China put in place by Donald Trump, even mm-hmm. though they have been found to hurt Americans more than the Chinese. Explaining this, Stephen Bartholomew says, the dom- and I quote, The domestic policies of the relationship with China would make it impossible for Biden to be seen as soft on China. Remember what we also were talking about with Australia being having an Mm -hmm. election campaign about softness on China? That Mm -hmm. in an environment where the relationship has become increasingly adversarial. End of quote. And as we already mentioned, Australia certainly has been swept up in the tit for tat but as we are also dependent on buyers for our agricultural products, our ore and mineral sales, including coal and gas, we have a lot to lose, given the lack of manufacturing products we produce to sell. Mm, yeah. And the politicization of being firm on China, and meanwhile, of course, also on Russia, certainly has become an election item in this country. Yeah. So again, stepping back a few steps, trade pacts are frequently politically contentious since they may change economic customs and deepen interdependence with trade partners. There have also been concerns expressed by the WTO itself. Pascal Lamy, who is the Director General of the WTO, proposes that the proliferation of regional and bilateral trade agreements, and I quote, is breeding concern. Concern about incoherence, confusion, exponential increase of costs for business, unpredictability, and even unfairness in trade relations, unquote. The position of the WTO is that while the typical trade agreements, what they call preferential or regional trade agreements, so-called by the WTO, they are useful to a degree. It is much more beneficial to focus on global agreements in the WTO framework itself, such as the negotiations of the current Doha Doha round. The Doha rounds are regular, uh, uh, 
meetings amongst the leaders of the the nations involved in WTO to discuss the framework, to discuss the agreements, to add agreements or to modify agreements. Mm -hmm. But that seems to be what the US is trying to avoid and therefore slip out from this form of global accountability. Mm. So coming to the end of the program too soon as usual, uh, I'd say this all fits within the broader discussion about globalisation and I guess the different tensions and imperatives of globalisation. There are some progressive activists, or quite a few really, who'd want to leverage global structures to do something about things like slavery and trafficking and environmental destruction. Especially that one. Mm. Mm. But as for the globalisation of trade and commerce, which we've been talking about in this program, this situation is really just a continuation of long centuries of suppression and exploitation of other parts of the world by people already in power under the leadership of the West. And we will certainly talk more about this in future programs. Mm. So moving to community announcements, in a rather sad mood, uh, Melbourne and Victoria last week lost a great activist who was involved in all of the causes Borderlands and our program of Think Again is equally involved in. Harry van Moorst, peace and environmental activist, has died uh, one and a half weeks ago. Mm. Harry was a member of the, or were involved in the Vietnam draft resisting movement and a moratorium in the early 70s. And he then, after that, uh, basically was was one, uh, became an environmental activist uh, under the Kennett government, particularly in the mid-90s, where there were plans to establish toxic waste dumping in Nidri and Werribee. And he Mm -hmm. became really involved uh, very strongly, and he almost became almost like a mentor for a whole new generation of activists, particularly mm. again, also in the West, in Melbourne's West. So he will be, or he is already sadly missed. And we will be having articles about him and his work in the new community journal, which we publish, and the Borderlands newsletter. Mm. So uh, have, a, have a read of those. And we will make uh, access to those in uh, in the uh, podcast Mm, great. of this program. Thank mm. you, Jacques. And mm. as most listeners will know, 3CR is having a subscription drive during February. If you want to support Think Again and 3CR, please subscribe or renew your subscription if you've already had one. 3CR relies on the support of our listeners to keep going. We're a not-for-profit community radio license holder and a strong subscriber base is vital to our financial and political independence. 3CR mm-hmm. provides independent community-owned media free of commercial influence and government bias, which I hope you all have heard during this program today. So if you want to hear alternative voices and make a difference, please subscribe. You can do this online at 3cr.org.au or by phoning the studio on 03 9419 Thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio. 
If you want to send us a message or ask about anything from today's program, you can email Borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au. Our past programs are available on podcast and the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. Thanks again to Clive Bourne for uh, recording, technical production and music selection. Meanwhile, stay tuned for Jailbreak, which gives a voice to our sisters and brothers in prison. To bring us into this program, we have Milku Mana by King Stingray. CR subscriber today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 03-9419-8377. Be a part of your community radio station.